Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host. Hello, my name is Dave Rosenboom, and I have the opportunity to serve on the board of the South Dakota Hall of Fame. And today we have the great privilege of learning more about John Calvin and doing a testament to his life and the impact he's had here in South Dakota. So, uh, Prudy, what would uh, you like others to know about John Calvin and the impact that he had here in South Dakota? Well, there's quite a lot I'd like him to know, and then some that I'd like to kind of not have him know. <laughs> but, um, no, I'd like them to know just, first of all, how much he loved South Dakota. We, he was not raised in South Dakota. He had businesses when I met him. We lived in other states. He always said, I'm going to be, go to South Dakota. That's where we're going to live someday. And he loved the business climate here. He said the financially it was wonderful. Good workers, people wanted jobs. They wanted to come to work. And, um, of course, it was pheasant hunting that brought him here long before I knew him when he was young. He came out here with friends from Michigan. They pheasant hunted, and he absolutely loved South Dakota. And I said that's, I think, why he married me, because when I met him, he, we were introduced, and he, we weren't living in South Dakota, either one of us. We were in Iowa. He was running a company, and I was a school teacher. And he said, what, uh, where were you reared? And I said, well, I'm from South Dakota. And his comment was, I love South Dakota. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, that's, <laughs> this guy's different. <laughs> and uh, so from there, things progressed. And we lived in other states, but he always said, we're going to be in South Dakota because it's a great place to be. And it is. Yeah, how true. Jim, you've been a, a good friend and a longtime associate and, uh, uh, with John. Uh, maybe some of your reflections. Well, I remember first uh, when I first met John, it seemed like everybody already knew John. <laughs> and, uh, and when he, he made the connections like we tend to do in South Dakota, and who's your wife? And, well, he knew my wife's uh, father and, yeah. and a hunting connection and things like that. But John... Uh, uh, my office was fortunate to work with John. One of my senior partners at the time uh, started doing a lot of legal work for John and for his business. And so we had the opportunity to watch John really grow that business and do phenomenally well. And what I'll always remember early on, because I was maybe, you know, I was one spot removed. And then eventually I, I started working with John closely in matters. But I, I was always impressed by how John took care of his employees. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, he, he recognized that his success was based in large part by what his employees did. Right. And so I think he took good care of them. And of course, as John decided on an exit plan from his business, that was a very successful business here in town, he did something that's not very common and he turned it into an employee stock ownership program. And uh, many of his longtime employees were financially set after that happened. And, uh, and I, I've said this before, I've seen John walking down the street and people walk up and, 
and shake his hand because they're an employee. He knows them all by name and they all thank him. And, and he did that on a larger scale too for the community of Waterton and for the state. Right. And, um, and, and so uh, I always admired how John knew that John Calvin did well when everybody else around him did well. Right. Hmm. What a great tribute. One of the things he, he did say, I can't be successful if my people aren't successful. It yeah. just doesn't work. So you want them to be successful, and it'll go up, and then I'll be successful. Yeah. I cannot make money if my people don't make money. The right. people who work for me have to earn a decent living. Right. Otherwise, I can't make money. Yeah. He really did believe in the people that worked for him. As a matter of fact, when he moved the com company out here, we had people from Minnesota who moved out with us right. because of him and believing in him and and that was wonderful absolute wonderful people that came and like i said and then he hired many many more but we were very fortunate he yeah. he really believed in the people that worked for him well a great credit uh, to john and his vision and foresight to understand that um no path in life is completely straight you know there's always uh hurdles and obstacles and challenges that need to be overcome and maybe uh, speak to some of those that John experienced and uh, perhaps how perseverance or patience uh, may have played a role uh, in John's success. Well, perseverance, yes. Patience, not so much. <laughs> that would not have been a word people usually use to describe yeah. John. John was very, John looked at the big picture and said, hire good people who can bring things together. Yeah. But he knew where, where he wanted things to end up, out here. And um, he was very single-minded in that. Right. This is what we're doing. We're going to get there. He had lots and lots of help. Um, one of the things that helped him immensely here in Watertown was Lake Area Tech. Mm. They... Um, he had a program, too, where if the people that worked for him wanted to go to Lake Area Tech, if they kept their grades up, he paid their tuition. Oh. And a lot of them did that. Lake Area Tech worked with him because he needed welders, and they needed to be able to weld a certain way, which I don't understand, sure. but they did. And they would start classes, and they would you know, train people to do what needed to be done for his company, they came out and they had great jobs. Um, but he stuck at it. It wasn't always easy. Every year wasn't a great year. You know, that's in any business. Every year is not your best year in the world. But he always, always knew where he was going. He had his eye way out here. This is where we're going to be. Yeah. And he got there. Yeah. Patience, on the other hand, I don't think I'd say that was one of his longest points. And the guys in the plant, they still, when Jim said, people come up to you. Yeah. I have people come up to me often, which I absolutely love, and will tell me stories of John. And John, they're good. Yeah. They're all good, but stories that I had never heard. And when he headed out in the plant... And there was something going wrong. He would 
go have them come in the office, talk about it, and then it was fixed. Yeah. He, he, like I said, I was way down there. Let's get this moving. Yeah. This is what we need to do. But he respected the people that worked for him, and I think that was very important. He did respect them. Yeah, thank you. Anything you'd like to add? You know, the stories, there are many, so many stories about people coming up and saying something good about John. And just recently, we don't have to tell the story, but you just heard another one and you shared that with me just in the past week or two about somebody that John had helped out. It was a niece, I think. And he just did a lot of good things and behind, behind the scenes. And I don't think John really cared to blow his horn about that stuff. Right. But, um, I, uh, I, I've heard stories. I've, I know people that have come up and said, well, I worked for John Calvin for 25 years and I'm doing fine right now because of that. And they all really appreciated him. And I think very sincerely so. Yeah. Yeah, he did help. Well, when you say that, I have, John didn't even tell me most of them, but there'd be somebody who worked for him. I was having trouble with a house payment, tuition for kids, um, that kind of thing, and he would give them, not loan them, but give them the money to help mm-hmm. them over a bad time. Mm-hmm. And he talked about a niece of mine wrote to me just last last week, and I did share it with Jim. I said, read this. She told me about how when she was a little girl, she um, liked sharks, and John gave her a big adult book about sharks. And somebody said, oh, that's too much. She can't read. She can't do that. And he said, sure she is. She's a smart girl and she can do it. And he said, she said, he believed in me. He always believed in me. And when they first got married, she and her husband, her husband was in med school. She was in graduate school. And um, they didn't have much, of course. I did not know this. He gave them $1,200 and said, this is for you for your first year of marriage. It's a hundred dollars a month that you two take a night out and go to a nice restaurant and just take a night off and have a good time. Yeah. Which I thought was, hmm, that was pretty. Yeah. And the things, those are the kind of things I still find out about John, which right. is that's fun to to know. I didn't know it. Like I said, he never came home. He didn't toot his own horn. Nope. I didn't even know he was doing most of these things. Mm-hmm. I also, a couple of weeks ago, someone stopped me and said, you know, I should tell you, but when my daughter was going to school, he paid the tuition for her first semester because I couldn't afford it. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He never, so he did and, lots of things. And John's really paid back, you know, uh, the state and this area. Uh, he was the first ready... Uh, yeah. loan in yeah. South Dakota. George Mickelson is governor. Yeah. And that was uh, part of the incentive that John said, I'm going to move to South Dakota. And uh, he's paid that back so many times over, including later became the chairman of the Ready Fund Board. Yeah. And served on it for many, many years. But like Lake Area Technical College here in Watertown, when John came to town, he needed welders and he had to have specific training. And, and our school here is equipped to, to in rather short order, put together classes to do that. And so they started training John's workforce. 
John's been probably the biggest benefactor of Lake Erie Technical College and scholarships and right. and support for buildings and various projects going on there, John and Prudy. And um, so he, he paid it back many times over to Lake Erie Technical College. And we've got a very successful junior college here in town. Yeah, amazing story. Mm -hmm. Amazing story in itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I always uh, thought the... Um, what a fitting way to start and uh, conclude his involvement with Reddy was to uh, be the first recipient mm -hmm. and then to uh, give it back again, as you mentioned, so many times over. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a great testament to that program and the vision Governor Mickelson had for that. That's right. And, you know, um, I can just see I wasn't around, but I can just see John and George Mickelson hitting it off. I knew both of them. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure that Governor Mickelson thought, well, our first loan, we want to make sure it goes to somebody that'll make it work. Right. And he, and he, was, he saw that in John, that this, this is going to work, and let's get this off the ground correctly. And uh, boy, did South Dakota benefit from that. Wow. <laughs> For sure. Um, one of the um, items that the South Dakota Hall of Fame likes to... Uh, likes to encourage and inspire is the ability to chase one's dreams here in South Dakota. And uh, John was a driver. Um, uh, John got things done. Uh, maybe some of the characteristics that Prudy, you saw in John that uh, led to that uh, ability just to achieve. That's interesting. He, he, it didn't always come easily. I don't think people always realized because they didn't live with him, that at night he got up and paced the halls, up and down, worrying about things. How are you going to get this done? I, well, we couldn't have a carpeted hall because he would have worn the carpet out. It had to be because he, he did worry about getting things done, wanting to get it done. And how can I do this? Who can give me advice? He had wonderful people that helped him. Right. successful people that told him this is a way this might work right. and then he'd process how is that going to work in my situation and it it didn't just all fall into place and yeah. sometimes things didn't work and that also was difficult for him yeah. anybody when you know your plans don't work and how is this going to go but he never gave up he never gave up. He always worked at it. Yeah. And his tenacity was sometimes tiresome, but it was always <laughs> good. It yeah. was good. Um, he, he really did have his eye on the ball with what he was doing. I think mm -hmm. that just was John, anything he did. You he, mentioned that he, uh, he loved South Dakota oh, uh, yeah. before he even lived here. Um, and you mentioned that his, he had an appreciation for the business climate oh. that, that we have here in South Dakota. Um, uh, perhaps just share a little bit about some of the characteristics uh, of our business climate that were appealing to John, where he felt, you know, this gives me my best chance taxes. to make a difference. <laughs> in one word, taxes. Yeah. He said, I can bring a company here. My people can make money. Yeah. And be because of the tax structure and setting it up yeah. that it would make so much more sense 
for him to be here. Um, he did for a while before he came out here 100%. He had the plant in Minnesota and in South Dakota. Yeah. And comparing the two was just a no-brainer. Sure. We're going to work to get this plant going. That's when he and Mickelson were going and yeah. and working to get it because South Dakota is very favorable to business. Yeah. Very favorable favorable to business. Yeah. Which in turn is good for employees because owners of companies uh, like John uh, could take those dollars that would otherwise go to taxes and reinvest them right back into uh, their employees, right back into their communities through Lake Area Tech and other, uh, so many other ways that he mm -hmm. had an impact. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. Uh, Jim, any reflections from your perspective on that? You know, I, I remember sitting through some meetings once in a while with John, not very often, but I was always impressed about his intelligence and his, his people smarts. Okay. He, he would, uh, John was fully capable of saying, this is what we're going to do and here's how we're going to get there. But, and he, and he could have been a guy that, that um, uh, made decisions all by himself, but he recognized that uh, he wants to have good advisors around them and take into okay. account what others have to say. And you would watch him take that information and ponder it and then come up with the best decision that one could make. And, and um, always with, with good motive. What can we do to help the company? What can we do to help uh, my people that work for me? What can we do to help this area and the state and you know, be a successful businessman? And all those benefits come from that. But I, I always uh, admired his decision-making process. And then there'd be a point where you say, this is what we're going to do too. Okay. Yeah. And then we'd go forward. And... Um, and it worked. Hmm. One thing that always kind of, I got a kick out of watching him, is if we were at a large event and there were business people or whomever there. And um, I'd walk in the room with him and then I pretty much better find myself something to do because he was going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. And he would spend the evening getting this person with this person because they had something that they didn't know they had in common, yeah. but it would be really good if they could work together on this project. And so, like I said, I got the biggest charge out of watching him. Okay, now he's over there. Yeah. Oh, there, yep, okay, there, I have no idea sometimes what it was, but getting people together that he felt they could benefit each other and move forward and make business, make the state, whatever it was, a better place. Yeah. It was it was something he would did very well. It strikes me that not only was that part of his success in business, but then when he also uh, served uh, four governors in various roles uh, representing the state of South Dakota, uh, making connections, uh, introducing people to people. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the governors saw that same trait in him and his ability to uh, help the state grow. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned John's passion and commitment to his employees. Um, and you talked a little bit about teamwork. Uh, maybe just uh, share a, a bit about some of uh, uh, what you saw with the, the work John did to pull his team together and to uh, to make a, 
uh, an impact uh, greater than you know one plus one equals three, so to speak. Um, is there anything you'd like to share in terms of, of this teamwork? Well, you know, I saw, you know, my role, you know, in, from time to time, maybe providing some legal services for my firm doing that. We weren't always involved in that, but we would see the outcome of that. Yeah. You know, here's what we're going to do. And, and then we would work closely with the people that John had around him. You know, he had a, his financial guy, Cliff. Uh, did wonderful work, and, See, uh, and they came from Minnesota with us. Yeah, yeah. The, you know there were so many of them that moved out with us because, and they're dear friends yet today. Yeah, because they believed in what he was doing. Right. As being, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So they uprooted their families. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to, to follow John and his vision for yeah. what the company could be here. And yeah. you know who South the worst Dakota. one was? No. Me. <laughs> he always said, well, Prudy will move with me every time, but she'll be on the last load kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then when you get, you like, yeah, absolutely yeah. love it after you do it. But right. it's hard to move. And I, I take my hat off to those people that came out and moved with us when we moved out here. It's like you said, they had kids in school. They had yeah. lots of things that played a factor. Some of them left family, you know, their parents, their brothers, sisters, all of that back. And they came out here yeah. on John's vision. And that, that's tremendous. That's just tremendous. They made it a success. And like I said, those people are still friends today, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Just mm-hmm. wonderful. I suspect that, uh, that they'd be the first to say that they couldn't have done this without John. But I guess he'd be the first to say that they couldn't have done it. Oh, he couldn't have done it. He could it not with, have done it without them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They are, yeah. like I said, we, we were just blessed. He, he, we really had wonderful, wonderful, he had wonderful people. Yeah. I, I remember thinking that John could be a strong personality in a room. And, uh, but I also watched him be a great delegator. And I think yeah. that's part of the success. Uh, you know, if somebody had a job to do and he thought they could do it, he left them alone and let them do it. Yeah. And I expected results and got them. Yeah. Because people were happy to do that. But so oftentimes when our work, we would be we would be talking with people that John had delegated things to in the company. Oh, and, okay. and he, he just did a good job at that. Not every leader can do that very well. Right. The, the real successful ones do it. Yeah. Because you can go farther if you have more people. Uh, with an oar in the water, right? That's exactly right. And John, John recognized that and did a, he did a marvelous job with that. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One uh, of the excuse me. One of the things that he would always say is, "Your health is your wealth, and your friends are your fortune." Oh. And he truly believed that, and that's the way his the people who, everybody, yeah. your friends yeah. are your fortune. That's the best thing you have. Yeah. Well, he took so many others along for the ride, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to uh, uh, have John remembered by? Uh, any characteristics or traits that you would like to share with the people of South Dakota? John's a great storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss that. You know, I, I didn't do that very often, but once in a while uh, over the years, I would sit down with John and we'd get off track and he'd tell me stories about 
hunting at the deer camp in Michigan. And he was kind of a, a rare individual in that we don't see people that are sometimes a little bigger than life and they really yep. go at everything uh, 100%. They enjoy what they do when they're out doing recreational things, when, whether they're working. And um, and he was fun to sit around and talk like that. And then, then he wanted to get back to business too. But once in a while, we would, we would have it have a talk like that and he'd tell some pretty good stories and stuff yeah and he was a listener too okay because like uh Prudy, you might recall this one of the last times that you and i were all together at john's office he gave me a favorite knife of his mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line he'd, he he had figured out that i have a few pocket knives and he does too okay. and he gave me one of his favorite ones and i have that and treasure it and um and so he's he's listening all the time and yeah. remembers things and sure yeah and but you know he he would he could brighten up a room oftentimes john walk in a room and and uh, everybody smiles yeah just because here here comes john and and um will miss a spirit yeah. yeah i recall uh uh on occasion getting a personal handwritten note from oh. john uh, and i always thought the impact that that had was powerful he was known for writing notes and thanking people. Yes. And handwritten mm-hmm. notes. A special he, way to do that. He always did that. Yeah. Always did that. So thank you. That's yeah. nice to mention. Because yeah. he thought it was important to yeah. to yeah. thank people, to he let them know. So, so genuinely. And that mm-hmm. was so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't long. No. A couple of sentences, but let you know you were appreciated what you did was he appreciated it yeah. absolutely absolutely you know i i think that there's a couple of things that stand out in my mind one of them is lake Erie technical college and um mm-hmm. that is on on such a solid footing and um and a lot of the credit can can go to john's not only testing the theory when he got here and said, well, we need workers, and we right. can train them, but that started such a long association and with the financial support and and help like that that John's provided, we've got a lasting legacy of John represented by Lake Erie Technical College. I also think what he did with his employees when he turned the company over to his employees with the Employee Stock Ownership Program, a lot of South Dakotans became financially secure with that. And um, beyond some of their wildest dreams. And, you know, and that spreads out. Um, and Watertown community and the region has really benefited from that. Um, and the company continues to be a good employer here in town. It's now owned by a, a large corporation, but they continue to uh, provide goods and services, good manufacturing plant. I was just going to say, when you say that, I can think of several employees that started their own companies mm-hmm. from oh. what they, they're successful today, that have employ, you know, have gone out from the money that they were able to get when from Angus and started their businesses, and now they employ people. And it just perpetuates. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. It is mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So, pretty of all the years with John, um, what do you continue to see 
uh, his legacy? Is it? I mean, what comes to mind for you for the long, the long term, the timelessness of John? <laughs> John being John, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. John was unique. He was not perfect. I often say to Jim, you know, I'm not crazy enough to go, oh, he was just perfect and did everything yeah. right. He didn't. But he he was a kind person. He I never saw him be mean-spirited to people, to, um, that kind of thing. Um, I just, well, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't He did it. Just what he thought was correct, right. He didn't always take the easy road, but he did what he was honest, always honest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you couldn't you kind of sugarcoat this a little bit, but he he'd tell you like it was. He did not. He was honest with you. He expected you to be honest with him, and then let's figure out how to do this and move forward. That kind of was John. And he was always thinking. We used to <clears throat> sometimes go out for dinner, and John talked to himself. Not only did he talk to himself, he talked to himself with hand gestures. So it would be just the two of us at a table in a restaurant, and I'd finally say to him, John, just have eye contact with me so people at other tables think you're talking to me, not just to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> True story. But he was always working on something. How can we get that to go? How is that going to be? And, but that was John. That was John. We talked about John being the first ready loan recipient in the state of South Dakota. And then how he... Um, was called to service by uh, multiple governors here in the state. Um, why did John uh, agree to uh, to serve in those public service roles? You know, he didn't ever run for political office, but yet he was willing and able to answer that call. I think because he appreciated so much what South Dakota had, what he'd been able to accomplish here. He didn't think he could have done that in other places because of the cooperation he had here, he had access to the people here. When he would call the governor or whomever, they listened to him. They worked with him. That's not always the case. You know, in other places, things are run a little bit differently. Yeah. And so he was happy to be able to do that because he had had so much help when he came here. It was a way for him to give back, and he enjoyed working with people. Um, he, he loved the, uh, Dusty Johnson spoke of, he worked with Dusty when he was brand new in um, going to work for the PUC and, and that kind of thing. I remember Dusty calling the house one night, well, it's inauguration night, um, for which governor? Anyway, I was home. John was out in Pierre. And uh, Dusty was brand new. He'd just gotten elected to the PUC. He called 
to thank John for all of his help. And I said, well, Dusty, I'd sure like, he's out in pier. Just go to the, <laughs> he, yeah. you'll find him somewhere out there. But he loved helping people to move along so they could be successful. That was a great reward for him. And he was able to do that here. People were open to that. And I think he he benefited from it, too. Um, it, he got a lot of, of satisfaction from yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. I don't think we've had a better ambassador for the state of South Dakota than John Calvin. Well, thank you. I, I thought he was. Yeah. That's for sure. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.